what do you call a train that has allergies? Uh, uh, choo-choo train. All right. Yeah. Yeah, were you laughing at that or my joke? I don't even know now. I feel so insecure. So, all right. Um, this weekend is Vision Sunday, and we are going to be presenting, uh, paint the picture of what we believe God wants to do in our midst, among us, at the facility located at 7251 West 4th Street. So this week, uh, we're going to talk about what we believe God wants to do and the, the vision for our facility, why we think this facility is needed for what God wants to do, and then we'll highlight um, towards the end here some of the needs of the facility. Um, after we present the vision and the needs, what, I, what we are asking, we're asking every family member, every uh, individual to go home and ask the Lord what he would have you to do, what he would have you to do to participate. We're going to take up one um, large offering next Sunday. Next Sunday is Giving Sunday. So this week is Vision Sunday. Next week is Vision Sunday, or Giving Sunday. And we're going to uh, take up one large offering. And we'll talk about also how you could um, give recurring gifts. Perhaps it is the case that some of you can't give one large offering, but you can give recurring gifts between now and the time we occupy that space. So we'll talk a little bit more about that um, at the end of this message and next week as well. It says this in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. It says, Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. Okay, what do we want? We want you, when you give this gift next week, we want you to give it with joy. We're looking for cheerful givers. Uh, we don't want anyone giving under compulsion or reluctantly, and so, uh, or under pressure. We, why? Because I want you to have lasting joy connected to the gift that you bring next week. Amen? Amen. How many of you have ever given an extravagant gift? You know, um, tithing is kind of like the uh, training wheels for a, a lifestyle of generosity, but how many of you, like, you've ever given a, a, a generous, radical, extravagant gift the Lord's put on your heart? That's like kind of a rush, isn't it? It's fun to, uh, to do that kind of a thing. Uh, my wife and I, we've, uh, in the course of our marriage, we've given away three cars. And when, man, when the, you just have that feeling like, oh, I think he wants us to give it away, you know. Oh, we were going to sell it. We could use that money, but the Lord's saying give it away. But it's a rush when you do it, when you're obedient to what the Lord says in those moments. And I want you guys to have that satisfaction when the Lord speaks. So we want, what do we want? We want you to give the amount that God has said. Not a dollar more, and actually not a dollar less. So next weekend will be a celebratory service. And what we're going to do, and we don't even really pass buckets here. Um, you guys found us, and we, we stopped passing buckets during COVID, not because we're afraid to pass buckets, but because it really didn't make a difference. <laughs> you know, um, people found us anyway. But what we want to do next week is going to be a celebratory service. We're going to have um, some buckets up here uh, at the front, and we're actually going to come forward. We're going we're to bring our gifts forward and, and offer them at the end of the message um, as just a celebration and, and an act of... Um, uh, just a family thing that we're doing together. And so um, everyone will come forward with the gift they've pre-decided to give, what they've pr uh, prayed about and pre-decided to give. So the title of our message this weekend is <clears throat> Vision Sunday. The future is bright. The future is bright. <clears throat> next week is Giving Sunday, and I've already decided what the title of next, next week's message is. 
Next week's message will be called Miracle on 4th Street. All right. 7251 West 4th Street is the address of the new facility, and it is our miracle building. It is a, it, the way that God brought this to us has been supernatural. It's been a miracle, and yet you will see here in a little bit that there's more miracles that need to have to happen before we <laughs> occupy the space. That's an uncomfortable place to be. You've had a miracle, and you need another one. So, um, But anyway, that gives God the opportunity to do a miracle. So, <clears throat> All right. And we'll tell some cool God stories next week and all that, so it'll be fun. Um, so yeah, what is the vision for this new facility? So what do I want to do is I want to start with the macro, the large picture, and then we'll, we'll also hone in on a little bit of the micro. So I'm going to start with the, the big picture, the macro, and we'll zoom in on the details. So we're going to go, we're going to go right brain, and then we'll go left brain, right? Right brain is where you process big picture, and then left brain is where you process details, Right? Okay, so I want to start off by saying this. It's not about a building. It's not about a building. I'm not asking you to invest in a building. I'm asking you to invest in the kingdom of God in Greeley, Colorado, and the surrounding areas. We, we are not passionate about building big buildings. We're passionate about building big people. It so happens to be that the facility we purchased is a big building, um, but we're passionate about building big people. That is this, people who are bigger on the inside than circumstances are on the outside. Amen. How many of you, how many of you are like me? You have situations you face, you have problems you face, and certainly being a Christian doesn't sign you up to have a carefree life. You're, you're still going to have things you go through, but how many know that we don't go through those situations um, without Jesus. We go through them with Jesus and we're bigger on the inside. We face those knowing our identity in Christ, knowing who we are. We face circumstances from a, a heavenly reality. We're bigger on the inside than on the outside. We're going to build people who shine. Today, I'm not coming to you with a brand new vision, but I want to reinforce the vision that the Lord gave us for this church from day one. Our mission statement is this. We exist to light up our world with the love of Jesus. That's the broad uh, macro vision. We exist to light up our world with the love of Jesus. Now, that can take on many forms, and we'll get into how we do that. But Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 16, Jesus said this, Let your light shine before others. In other words, you have the on-off switch. You're a Christian, you have some light up in here, but you have to flip the switch and let it shine. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. How many know that Jesus is the light of the world? Amen? Jesus is the light of the world, but how many know that the church is the light in the world? Jesus is the light of the world, but you are, the, are to be the light that shines in the world. I don't know if you know that about yourself, but I'm, I'm highlighting to you part of your God-given identity. Your identity is the shine, the light and love of Jesus in this earth. We're not, how many know that when you flip on a light in a dark room, the, the darkness flees? Like light doesn't flee from darkness. Darkness flees from light. And that is what we're called to do as Christians in this world. So that is why we exist. Now, how do we do that? Okay, our strategy is this. We exist to light up the world with love of Jesus. How do we do that? Encounter, empower, shine. We encounter God, we empower people, and we willingly and actively shine the light and love of Jesus into this world. I want to talk about each of these. Number one, encounter God. 
If, if you're new to Sea Life Church, I've talked about this many times, but our premier value is to love God passionately and to encounter his presence through praise and worship. It is not an accident that what you just saw up here with that amazing worship, we have such an amazing uh, worship team and so, so many great people that serve on that team. It's not an accident that we strive for and go after God's presence like that. It's our premier value. Now, when people have, how many know that when people have a Jesus encounter, you will never be the same. You're never the same when you have a Jesus encounter. And you and I, we owe it to our city. We owe it to our region, an opportunity for a genuine Jesus encounter for every person. We owe this to the world. We want Jesus to get what he paid for, right? What did Jesus pay for? He, pay, he paid to redeem every individual to himself. May the lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering. There are people yet to be born in this region who I believe are going to walk through the doors of that new facility and encounter the Lord Jesus. And there are people who were perhaps born in the 1930s, they're in their 90s even now, and they're going to walk through those doors and encounter the Lord Jesus and everyone in between. We want it to be a church for all generations and all ages, but God has predetermined, predecided there are people in this in this age that will come to faith in him and to be empowered and equipped to walk with him. I don't know about you, but I did not get my life changed by Jesus because of someone's slick words. I'm all for good preaching. I, I, I strive to be a good preacher. Sometimes I think I am and other times I'm definitely not, you know, and I think I'm on an upward trajectory of getting better. However, if you're like me, your life wasn't changed by smooth words. Your life was changed by the power and the presence of the Lord Jesus. I got my life changed because of a series of encounters beginning as a child and throughout the course of my life. The reason I'm standing up here before you today is because of a series of encounters that the Lord has led me through. I encountered his presence and you cannot experience his presence and not be changed. It's impossible. It's impossible to come into God's presence and not be changed and transformed at the heart level. City Lights Church has always been and will always be a worshiping church, a, a church that praises the Lord. More than anything, we want that new facility over there to be a place where ministry happens to the Lord Jesus. Our first, um, our first ministry, how many know our first ministry is ministry to the Lord? That is your, before you minister to the world, your first ministry is to minister to the Lord Jesus. And we want ministry happening to Jesus in that new building. So we encounter God. Number two, we empower people. How do we do that? How do we empower people to walk in the fullness of their destiny? It says in Ephesians chapter four, verse 11, Paul says, and he, speaking of Jesus, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying, that is the building up of the body of Christ. Jesus gave apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists, that is those who are part of, they call it the fivefold ministry for the equipping of the saints. Now, who are the saints? The saints are all of us. We're all part of that group, and, and, and the saints are the ones who are called to do ministry. Oftentimes we think, oh, it's the ordained minister who's called for, to do ministry. No, all saints are called to do ministry. If you are a Jesus follower, you are called to be a minister. Amen? That's all of us. Everyone, everyone repeat this after me. I am a minister. I'm a, you're going to have to do better than that. Otherwise, it's going to be a long sermon. Everyone say, I am a minister. 
you are a minister. Your first calling is to minister to him, to the Lord Jesus, to wait on him, to minister to him. Your second calling as a minister is to represent heaven to earth, to re-represent Jesus to a lost and dying world. We want this, to, this facility to be a place of a, a training and equipping center for the saints. Now, that's kind of a macro uh, version now I want to zoom in on more specifically how we do that, how we accomplish that. If you're, uh, I've talked about this, but if you're relatively new to the church, uh, one day, a couple years ago, I think it was, it was 2021, <clears throat> um, the Lord gave me a more, uh, highlighted to me a more specific uh, strategy to empower people and to build a life-giving, spirit-empowered church. In the book of Nehemiah, chapter 3, Um, You guys know, of course, that Nehemiah was called to rebuild the torn down walls of Jerusalem. I have a picture of, or a diagram, I should say, of uh, Jerusalem walls in Nehemiah's day. And you have here at the center of the temple, you have the the center of the, the city, you have the temple surrounded by 10 gates. The Lord revealed to me a couple years ago that these 10 gates listed in Nehemiah chapter 3 were purposefully and prophetically named. How many know that there's not one word in your Bible that doesn't have purpose and doesn't have meaning? It says in Psalms 12, 16, and the words of the, uh, the, word of the Lord's are, I'm sorry, the words of the Lord are flawless, like silver purified in a crucible, like gold refined seven times. The Lord showed me that these um, gates are a prototype of how he wants to build a New Testament life-giving church. Notice the presence of God, the temple area, that's where the presence of God dwells. The presence is at the center. Now, we, of course, know that the presence of God dwells within all of our hearts. If you're a believer in Jesus, he lives in your heart. But the Lord showed me that his presence should be surrounded by and will thrive in within these prophetic gates of revival. So I want to highlight each of these 10 gates quickly uh, for you this morning. I did an 11-week series unpacking this, and we certainly can't go that deep today. I'm actually, at some point, I probably will write a booklet or something, um, not necessarily to sell, but to like, as a, as a handbook for our church, um, highlighting this strategy. But here they are, the 10 gates, beginning in the uh, northeast corner and going counterclockwise. Number one is the sheep gate. What does this represent? We must provide a place where God's flock will encounter the good shepherd, a place where God's sheep, God's flock can gather and grow, a place of community. Every, every church begins, and they have to create a space where the flock can come together and be, be together to gather and to grow and to encounter the good shepherd. Number two is the fish gate. The very next thing a life-giving, spirit-empowered church needs to do is to focus on evangelism. Jesus said to his disciples, I will make you fishers of men. They were ordinary fishermen. And Jesus said, you know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to take that vocation. I'm going to make you fishers of men. And this speaks of evangelism. We must be a church that evangelizes within its walls, but more importantly, equips the saints to do um, evangelism outside of the walls. I'm actually more passionate about getting people, you getting people saved outside of these walls than I am bringing people in here to get saved. There's a statistic that's true that shouldn't, that I don't think should be true. The statistic is this. They say that most people, I think it's 90% of people who get saved actually get saved in a church service like this. 
That's great. I think, <clears throat> I think that's the statistic that's true that should not be true. I actually think it should be the equipping of saints so that you do the work of the ministry and you lead people to Jesus outside of the four walls of church. That's actually more conducive to my vision for this church um, than people coming in and getting saved. So we want to equip people to evangelize. That's the fish gate. Number three, the old gate. With age comes wisdom. How many gray hairs we got up in here? Maybe you're dying. Listen, you're part of the old gate. This is, this is your gate. You can man more than one, but this is part of your gate. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, we need you. We need that wisdom, especially how many know when you bring in the new fishies, you got to get the new fishies cleaned up, right? And the old gate is part of that. The old gate is where discipleship begins to happen. You begin to impart the wisdom of the old into the new believers. And so we need you. We need to be a church that makes disciples of Jesus. God wants to make the wise zealous and the young zealots wise. Amen. That's the old gate. Number three. Uh, number four, I should say, is the valley gate. How many know that valleys are the low places? I don't know if you're like me. I do a lot of hiking. But early in the morning when you're hiking through a valley, you can see the sun up on the peaks. It's like, hey, sun up on the peaks. But you're still down there in the shadows. Valleys are the low places. And we need to be a church that ministers to people coming through deep, dark valleys. People who are brokenhearted. People who are beat down. How many have ever gone through a valley in your life? Man, if you've ever gone through a bankruptcy, a foreclosure, a divorce, a, the death of a loved one, the loss of a job, those are valleys. I don't know if you like me, I've gone through some valleys myself. And we need to be a church that meets people in their time of need, meets people who are hurting and come around them during that time. Number five is the refuse gate, or you could call it the trash gate or the dung gate. Now, this is the least glamorous gate of all, for sure. But how many know a very important gate? How many know that city sanitation is a very important thing? I don't think we give our trash men and women or whatever enough credit for what they do. I don't think we give enough credit to um, the city sewer system for what it does. Amen? Do you realize if you don't get rid of that stuff, it stays around? So the, the dung gate is pretty important. But here, here's what that is. We must be a church that helps people heal from yesterday's wounds so that they can have hope for tomorrow's promises and tomorrow's blessings. We must be a church that walks in and flows in deliverance ministry. How many know that sometimes people get saved, they come to Jesus, their hearts are heaven bound, right? But how many know that doesn't mean you're free from your old junk? We need to be a church that gets, helps people get free from their old junk. So deliverance ministry and Holy Spirit-led inner healing ministry. We don't want to just get people saved. We want them to get whole. Amen? We are, we, you all, we, all y'all, all of us, all, I don't know. We're on a journey of wholeness, aren't we? We're, we're being healed from yesterday's wounds so we can, we can um, step into tomorrow's promises. Number six is the fountain gate. Flowing water represents the Holy Spirit. We must be a church that flows in the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit. We want to train and equip believers to walk in the supernatural gift of the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gifts of healings, uh, the working of miracles, the gift of prophecy, the discerning of spirits, the gift of speaking in tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues, and all the other supernatural gifts not mentioned 
in 1 Corinthians Corinthians chapter 3. We want to be, we are, and we want to be and strive more to be a spirit-filled church. Amen? How many want to be part of a church that has the Holy Ghost? Bunch of tongue-talking, prophesying folk out there. That's what we want, all right? Number seven, the water gate. Water represents the word of God. We must be a church that preaches the whole counsel of God, the whole Bible. We need, how many know that we need weekly, we need good, sound, biblical teaching, not just teaching that tickles our ears. Amen. We need teaching that teaches us who we are and our identity in Jesus, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and tells us who we are and what we can do. Number eight is the horse gate. That rhymed in case you didn't catch it. Number eight, the horse gate. Um, In the Bible, horses are war animals. We must be a church that knows um, how to fight and win spiritual battles in heavenly places. This is spiritual warfare. Um, Spiritual battles, how many know spiritual battles have natural consequences? And we have to be a church that knows our authority, knows who we are in God so that we can wrestle in the heavenly realms and win these spiritual battles. We want to be a church that teaches people how to do that. It says in Ephesians 6.12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. If you teach a believer his authority in Jesus, listen, we don't have to lay down and take every attack of the enemy that comes our way. So many Christians live their life and they think everything bad that happens to them, it's like, well, God's allowing me and teaching me something. Now listen, sometimes it's the devil. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come to give life and give life abundantly. So you don't have to lay down and take every attack that comes your way. We can rise up against these things, know our authority in Jesus, and win these spiritual battles. Amen? All right, number nine, the East Gate. The East Gate is the Bible prophecy gate. One day, the Lord Jesus himself will return to this earth. His feet will touch down on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. He will pass through the Kidron Valley and pass through the East Gate where he will rule and reign in Jerusalem for a thousand years. The East Gate is the Bible prophecy gate. So we want to be a church that... Um, that eagerly is waiting and watching for the promise of the Lord's return, both the rapture and the second coming of Jesus. This is one of the reasons why, from time to time, I focus on Israel, the Middle East, and world time events, because I want to keep my pulse on the East Gate. Number uh, 10, and the last one, is the inspection gate. Inspection is an essential part of the Christian life. How many know that when you build a building. They have to do an inspection on that building before you can occupy that building. We're we're about to have that happen to us, actually. Um, But listen, uh, one day, you and I will stand before the the, the rewarder's seat. Jesus will inspect us. He will inspect our lives. We will stand before the rewarder's seat of Christ. And to be ready for this final inspection, we must inspect ourselves. And that's, that happens sometimes in communion. There's, there are times of introspection in communion. And there's a right way and a wrong way to do that. The right way is with the blood of Jesus, with God's perspective, not your broken nature perspective. Amen. And 
we also need to be a church. We inspect ourselves, but we also inspect one another. And that can be good and negative. And I, when I say negative, it's not bad. But how many know that the wounds of a friend are better than the kisses of an enemy? And sometimes we have to wound one another and, and tell the truth of one another when we see those spots. But additionally, it's really calling the gold out of one another. It's calling each other higher because if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus, I know that there's more potential in there than I'm seeing right now, amen? And I hope that's what you see in my heart, that there's even more potential here than I'm displaying. So we want to be a church that calls the gold out of one another, that prophesies to one another and calls us higher. My prayer is that each member of City Lights Church sees themselves as a gatekeeper. Not all of us will occupy and man all of these gates, but as we move forward with the vision of this church, we, I'm striving to um, do these gates well, to man these gates well. And each of us has a, uh, a purpose and a part to play within these prophetic gates. That is how we are going to empower people. Number three, the last thing. So that was all empower people. Number three, shine. This one's very simple. Ultimately, we want to take what we experience in the church and shine it into our community and our world. We want to shine the light of the gospel and the love of Jesus into our community and to our world. Amen? Yeah. Testimonies are coming. Salvations are coming. Physical healings are coming. All this is going to happen um, in our church. And that is, that is our vision for this church. Again, my vision isn't just to get a bunch of people in the room and have a good church. I love a good church. We should have more good church, by the way. Ultimately, though, our goal is to train and equip the saints, you, for the work of ministry so that you go back out and wreck this planet for Jesus. And by wreck it, I mean set it right. Amen? Can I get a witness? All right. With that, I'm going to invite my bride forward. And we want to talk about some of the practicals about occupying this new space at 7251 West 4th Street. And I'm going to have a few of our makeshift ushers <laughs> this morning um, pass out a pamphlet that kind of outlines. Yeah, Richard, there's one in front of your seat. Would you mind passing out to this section? Thank you. One per family um, or one per individual, if you would. Um, if you're watching online, and uh, don't read too far ahead just yet, okay? If you're watching online, you can download this pamphlet that we're passing out right now. If you go to citylights.church, um, that's our website, you scroll down just a little bit. And there's an icon there that says Building City Lights. Click on that. It'll take you to our page about our um, building campaign. And um, you, can, you can click download button to download the pamphlet so you can see what we're going to be um, talking about here in just a minute. Um, while we're doing that, and before we get into this, um, I'll show you uh, three pictures, um, which aren't in the pamphlet, of what the inside of the sanctuary uh, will look like. So go ahead and uh, put up the first one. This is the view from the stage. So this is a design of what the view, this will be my view every week, you know, and the worship team's view every week. So, um, and you can get up and on the stage and look if you want, you know, that's fine. So this is the view from the stage. Go ahead and go from the sound booth to um, the sound booth. So view from the sound booth looking forward. Okay, this is what um, Russell and Adam will see every week looking forward, right? Um, and then go to the last one. This is a view from seating to the stage. So there it is. That's what we're envisioning uh, for this facility. Um, and so before we get into like the details of, 
of how we're going to do this and when we're going to do this. One thing I also want to mention, there's an there's a insert inside of this pamphlet. I want to go over this real quick with you guys. And unfortunately, if you're watching online, you do not have this in your handout, but we will add this to the, the, to the download pretty soon here. But I just want to cover some of the things that we have done over the last five years. This church is over five and a half years old. We're coming up on six years. But lighting up our, our world for five years and counting. And I want to talk about um, the missions, uh, finances that we've given towards missions. So lighting up our world through world missions. For those of you who don't know, we, when you tithe to this church, we take 10% off of what comes in as tithes, and we sow that back out to local, national, and worldwide missions. Um, we're not asking you to do anything that we don't do individually, and we also, we're not asking you to do anything that we don't do as a church. So we, as a church, we tithe and we give to uh, worldwide missions. We don't just take everything and keep it right here in Greeley. We want to uh, make an impact on the world around us. And so let me go through this just by the years. So you can see the trajectory of what the Lord has done. So I'm going to go through 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22, and, and, and current. In 2018, we gave away uh, $46,648 to missions. In 2019, that jumped to $63,937. In 2020, in spite of everything that happened that year, it jumped way up. We gave $114,786 to missions. And in 2021, it jumped up even more. And we gave away $216,419 to world missions. In 2022, we gave $273,716 to missions. And year to date, we've given $248,402 to world missions for a total of $963,908 that we have sewn out into local, national, and international missions. That is awesome right there. Amen? We're on trajectory to, that perhaps by the end of the year, if not early next year, we will surpass the million-dollar mark of giving away money to world missions. That is a huge part of our heart as a, uh, a church. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for your faithfulness and your gifts and your tithing here. Um, and so let me just highlight real quick. You have anything to say about that? She's up here not just to look pretty. She's going to say things too. <laughs> She's doing a, go a good job with looking pretty, but she has good things to say, y'all. Yeah, you got an amen, right? So we are currently supporting missions on six different continents, everywhere except for Antarctica. But don't worry, one day we're going to go after those penguins in Antarctica because they need Jesus too. The Bible says to preach the gospel to every creature. So that includes the penguins, y'all. All right. Obviously, I'll just highlight these real quick. So six different continents. North America, obviously the United States. Uh, Central America, Belize. South America, we have mission in Brazil. Um, in, and I'll talk more about that next week. There's some cool stuff there. Uh, in Europe, we have mission that we support in Croatia and Macedonia. In Africa, um, Kenya and Mozambique. In Asia, India, Nepal, and Azerbaijan. Um, for those of you who don't know, we just picked up a missionary um, in Azerbaijan. And oddly, the Lord had actually given me a burden, a heart for Azerbaijan earlier this year. And then it so happened that later this year, just over the last really couple months, we've um, found a missionary in Azerbaijan who uh, we're going to start supporting. And you'll actually get to, he'll be presenting. Is he presenting here? 
December. He's going to be presenting here, and you'll get to hear about this mission. He's, he's stateside right now, so it's really cool. Um, Southeast Asia, uh, we support a, a mission that uh, has impact in Indonesia, Thailand, and Myanmar. And then in the Middle East, we have a couple missionaries that we support in Israel. And then technically Australia. And here's how we're able to say Australia. Because that Oceania is part of the subcontinent of Australia. And we have a mission in Fiji that we support. And so um, we basically are affecting and sowing into places all around the world. That is thanks to your generosity, thanks to your faithfulness over these past five years. And uh, we appreciate that so much. How many think that's a good thing? Amen. The, uh, someone asked me recently, they're like, what do you, you know, what do you vision for your church? How big do you want your church to be? And I'm like, I don't really know. I don't know. You know, I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't want it to grow. I want it to grow. But you know what I want? I want to give a lot of money away to missions. And you know what would be awesome? Is that in five years, we're giving away over half a million dollar, half a million dollars to missions uh, every year, and then maybe in 10 years, giving over a million dollars a year away to world missions. I think that would be cool. So um, I'm not saying that's what the Lord told me, but I think that would be a fun milestone to get to. Amen? Okay, on the other side of this paper, just want to just talk about, again, what we've done and some of the impact we have made. Um, we haven't done a good job of counting salvations. We used to do better, and we kind of stopped counting, and there's a good reason to count for this kind of stuff right here. <laughs> And so we don't know how many salvations exactly, but we know the number is well over 200 salvations of 200 people that have placed their faith and trust here in this room. Come on, that's 200 people. Their, the trajectory of their um, eternity was changed. And this doesn't include people who were saved outside the church that you led to Jesus. And in fact, that is more connected to our vision anyways, that most salvations wouldn't happen here, but more salvations would happen through you. And then you bring them here and we'll, you know, get them discipled. Amen. So at least 200 salvations. We've had over a hundred baptisms, um, right here in this room. I don't, how many baptisms have we had this year so far? 30 something. I'm going to give him one minute, but we had one, uh, the week after Easter, we had more baptisms on one weekend than we had all year, the year before. So a lot of people getting, it's a baptism boom happening this year. So baby boom, there's a baby boom. There's a baptism boom. So now we just need a giving boom. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Um, 232 active serve team members, um, which is a, a, high, a high percentage of our church body. So thank you for your service. 51 city groups available this year. I won't go through each of these numbers specifically, but I do just want to highlight to you that um, the impact of our church is impacting a lot of places. Um, our podcast, um, for example, which started in, I think, 2021 is when we started the podcast. Um, we have 22 states listening in regularly. And then here are the countries that listen to our podcast on a regular basis. U.S., obviously, Australia, Belgium, Canada, England, Germany, India, Ireland, Malaysia, Mexico, Norway, Poland, Singapore, Spain, Sweden, and Thailand are places that hear our podcast on a regular basis. And I don't know if there's a way to track YouTube, like people who are the different regions, people are watching us. But in addition to in-person services, we have... Um, you know, many people live stream our, our, our services as they're happening, and then many people go back and watch the sermon uh, uploaded later. So we 
uh, we have more impact than what you just see here in these seats. And I just wanted to highlight to, that to you. And that is some of the amazing things that have happened here at City Light Church over the last five years. I say all that to say that I believe that is a drop in the bucket and the tip of the iceberg of what God is going to do among us in the next few years. Okay. Yes, sir. 30 this year. 11 last year. So we've almost tripled our amount of baptisms so far from last year. And so I love that. That represents life change. Life change is happening, and we are so excited about that. Um, so we're going to have to do a better job of counting other things because of things like this. Okay, grab this pamphlet, and we just want to highlight to you um, what we're doing and, and what, what the needs are. So um, we are launching into a building campaign for the next few months here. Um, and here it is, uh, building City Light Church. What do we want? We're building a house of God encounters. That's what we want over there, a house of God encounters, a family that empowers building a people to shine, building people to shine. Isaiah 57, 14 says this, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, remove the stones, raise a banner for the nations. Not only is Greeley, Colorado and the surrounding areas being blessed by what we're doing here, but the world is being blessed by what we're doing here. And we want to continue to do that. On the front, uh, if you open it to the front page, there's a letter here from um, Emily and I. I'll just read this real quick to you. It says this, in the book of Revelation chapter three, Jesus said to the church of Philadelphia, see, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. Similarly, God has placed before City Lights Church an open door for a permanent home base. Our vision is to transform the property at 7251 West, West 4th Street into a place of God encounters where people can experience the life, love, and power of Jesus, a place where people are equipped and empowered to walk in the fullness of God's destiny for them, a place that springboards his people to shine the good news of the gospel and the love of Christ into our community and our world. If you believe that Greeley, Northern Colorado, and our world need such a place, we ask that you consider what the Lord would have you do. We know that it will be more than enough when we all come together to give as he leads. Thank you for your partnership with us. You see at the bottom of this front page, this is an aerial view of the empty call center that, we, that we've bought in this crazy idea to occupy an empty call center. Um, and we're working towards that. Now in the, in the center here, there's phase one and phase two. Here's what we need to do. We need to complete phase one to move in. Um, there are certain requirements with the city of how, you know, X amount of bathrooms that you have to have. And there are certain things we have to get done in order to get a um, occupancy order for the place. So phase one is moving into the house. When we complete this phase, we can get a occupancy order and, and move in. And so the goal, and I'll just, I'll just say this before we get any further, um, People have been asking, like, when are we going to get into the new facility? Well, how many of that always takes longer than you think it's going to take, and it always costs more than you think it's going to cost? This definitely costs more than I thought it would, and it's definitely taking longer than I thought it would. And I've had a few discouraging days in the last few weeks, been like, oh my gosh, it's going to be when? Um, our contractor was like, yeah, we're thinking April. And I was like, unacceptable. <laughs> we cannot do April. It has to be sooner. So we are aiming for first quarter of next year. And definitely not January, probably not February, but we are aiming for March to occupy this new space. So that's both bad news and good news. Good news in the sense that we have more time to raise money and prepare for it. 
But the goal that we want to raise, and this includes everything that we want to have when we move in, the goal is to raise $679,000 by March uh, of next year. Now, um, what does that include? So for this phase, that's um, foyer construction. And a lot of the foyer construction is actually demo. There's some walls there that we're removing so that we have one nice, big, open foyer. It's going to be great. Um, main sanctuary construction, all the walls of the main sanctuary have to be built, so we'll be, we'll be um, constructing those. Um, 500 chairs, uh, audio-visual lighting, so AVL equipment, um, uh, renovations to the hospitality, kitchenette, and restroom modifications. Um, so the goal is uh, $679,000. That includes chairs, that includes um, audio-visual lighting. Now, we can get in for less than that amount, but how many of you like the chair you're sitting in now? Raise your hand. Do you like that chair? I like that chair. I think it's a great chair. Um, these chairs, I don't know how much they were when, when the adventure bought these chairs, but these chairs are like 120 bucks each now. So prices have, of course, gone up. So we want to buy about 500 chairs. That's going to be about um, $50,000 if we buy 500 chairs. Now, we can buy the Walmart folding chair, plastic chairs, and that will work. Like, we'll be able to get in for that. And we can do that for about $12,000. So... But our goal to have nicer chairs includes this number. Another thing that we can adjust with is like, you know, we want to have a nice um, AVL package. We want to have good sound, good audio, good lighting, that kind of stuff. We can have AVL for less. But again, this, this number includes the goal of having something that is, is pretty nice. And so we're setting the goal. And again, we can get in for less, but we're going to just set this as, as the milestone. Amen? Yeah. Unfortunately, one of the things with... Again, occupying, you know, they, they say you need X amount of restrooms per square foot. So we're having to add five restrooms uh, to the women's bathroom. So five, sorry, five stalls to the women's bathroom that's closer to the front here. So you ladies get the restrooms, which you need more anyway, um, right? And then we have to add a couple sinks to the, to the restroom at the back of the building. But how many of them, when you start cutting concrete and moving walls, that's when prices started uh, going up on us. And those are things we really can't avoid. Some of those are non-negotiables with just the city and those kind of things. So this is phase one. And again, we want to get this done and uh, move in hopefully in March. Amen? Yeah. Okay. Um, one of the things, <laughs> um, speaking of chairs and speaking of AVL, there's you have to order them ahead of time. Like we need a couple months to order chairs. And so the sooner we raise funds, the, the better picture we'll have of how um, uh, the trajectory of giving. And so that's phase one. Do you want to say anything about phase one? Nope. Okay. She said no. Adam, do you want to say anything about phase one? Doing, great. Doing good. Okay. I'll skip what's down here at the bottom of your pamphlet, but this kind of just highlights some of our journey along the way from 2017 to today. But phase two, um, this number is a little more ambiguous. We put um, raise an additional 300000 for phase two. We don't have to do phase two to move in. Um, but there are some additional things we want to do to the facility. So the children's and youth areas, we want to um, make those better. We do want to add a, um, a commercial kitchen. Um, we have a couple um, kitchenettes in the space right now. They're basically warming kitchens. But um, we want to add a... A, a good kitchen. Bree's like, yes, kitchen, be good. Um, we can live without it. But did you know that when you like put a grease trap in, that's like fifteen thousand dollars. I I, I uh, articulated fifteen carefully because she thought I kept saying fifty last service. 
15. 15 and 50. That's a big difference. And it's a big difference. I know. But I said 15 every time last service. We had a little fight up here last time, so. Yeah. You guys need to pray for us. Yeah, pray for Pray for your pastors. We've got to make it through this. Now. Um, but yeah, you have to put in a hood and those kind of things. So this number is slightly more ambiguous. The, the 679000 for phase one, we, those are pretty much market value numbers. We might be able to save some, some, um, some of that by doing some of the labor in-house and stuff like that. For phase two, we said raise additional 300 by August. Um, that number is a little more ambiguous. My sense is we could probably get it done for less than 300, but those numbers are a little more ambiguous because we don't have hard numbers of those yet. But... We want to add uh, to our children's and youth areas, kitchen, uh, playground outside, um, and then we want to begin transitioning the the facility into um, higher efficiency lighting and those kind of things. Sound good? Yeah. All right. Anything you want to add to that? Okay. Um, And then flip the page to um, over, and then you'll see it says our current challenges. And I'm going to have um, Pastor Emily kind of outline some of those. Okay. So... First of all, we rent this facility. And how many of you guys know, is it better to rent a home or to buy a home? It's a better investment to buy a home um, because that will go obviously towards having property, which is a good thing um, for us. A couple things with this space. We have been so blessed. I was actually thinking about most church plants have to load in and load out from a trailer at six in the morning into a middle school cafetorium that smells like, you know, hot dog water. (laughs) (laughs) And it's echoey. And it's echoey. And it's December. And you have to set up kids' classrooms and all of that. And we are so very blessed. So when we talk about our challenges, this building has been a miracle for us to be able to have a church on a Sunday morning with nurseries. That is unheard of. So, So listen, we're thankful that we've been here. However, we are limited in our impact here because we can only use it certain days and we can only use certain spaces here. And a lot of our equipment is shared and we've just noticed wear and tear over the years from moving in things and loading them out because we still have to set up and tear down quite a bit of things and that is hard on equipment. Um, But specifically our kids areas here, the temperature control is not the best. If you have worked in these rooms in the summer, even with the AC units we put in there, it's it's toasty. Thank you, by the way, if you've done that. It's toasty, and we appreciate you. It's a sweatshop up there. You do that for the Lord. Yeah, it's a sweatshop. (laughs) That's where we keep the kids up there in a sweatshop. (laughs) Um, I'm sure we've lost people because of it. I know. (laughs) So, anyway, the um, building that we're moving into on that plan on the the right-hand side of the church, there actually is an area that's already enclosed with um, rooms that were offices that are already ready to be used as nurseries and classrooms. So this is already ready. It's going to be amazing. We just have to put some cute paint up and put some toys in there, and we'll have some church for the kiddos. So praise the Lord for that. And they have AC and heat, and it is better facility for that. So yay. That's exciting. And then... Um, Just sharing with Adventure, it's a great relationship, but every so often, cables are not there. We're scrambling to start service. Our Wi-Fi doesn't work. Our live stream doesn't work. Just because they're sharing stuff, right? Not not dissing them. It can be challenging. Okay, 
And our lobby, guys, there's going to be a big foyer with seating areas. You can sit and have some coffee, and you can hang out, or you could ask to have a small group there or whatever. It's going to be really big and nice and welcoming and a place for you to get to know people. And we're going to be able to have one service. So that'll be amazing. So we'll all get together. Um, And I thought of this, too. We cannot use this building on Saturdays because the adventure worships on Saturday. And so we've been limited to have conferences to bring in guest speakers and do really impactful training and equipping like Kurt says is on his heart. We can use our own building on a Saturday so we can have a normal conference. Unlike the ones we've done, they're all weeknight conferences, right? City lights nights, we've always had to get creative. But we'll be able to do more impactful stuff when we have a house. Sound good? Yep. A lot more availability. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, be, and enough parking to have, go to one service oh, yeah. be really great. Another cool thing that I um, didn't mention is, you know, we do have some line of sight issues here. We have p- speakers here, which we can't hang these speakers because of structural stuff. In this new facility, we will hang the speakers. And so there'll be better line of sight issues. Yeah, come on. And it'll be better sound. It'll, it will come at you more pleasantly is the goal. <laughs> If you guys get, if you get, yeah. <laughs> if you don't, it might be like we might be a boombox hanging we'll out there. I don't know. But. We have to. We're actually leaving these. We're um, we're actually being a blessing to adventure. We bought these and we're leaving them for them because we love them. Yes. So good job, yeah. church. We've had a great relationship with yeah. our host church, the adventure, for these five years, and um, and luckily the. Um, it's a God thing. There's another church coming behind us that wants to rent for them too, so they're going to be in a good place still. Um, down at the bottom of this page, um, it says our goal. Number one goal, check. We've purchased the facility. It's 48,000 uh, square feet. One thing I'll, uh, uh, you'll notice is that of that 48,000 square feet, if you look at the, the um, phase one and phase two, over on the left side, there's a whole area that we haven't talked about. Well, that's because we don't need all of the space right now. We don't need the whole 48,000 square feet. So what we're going to do is we're setting that aside as leasable space um, for, for tenants to you know, lease, and, and it'll bring in some revenue as well, um, about 15,000 square feet. 15. I did say that. I said 15,000, yeah. How many heard 15? You did better. How many heard 50? Okay. All right. All right. Apparently, I need speech lessons. I don't know. Okay. So that side of the space is going to be leasable. And um, it actually so happens that we, ha- we already have a tenant in there leasing the space from us. Um, we, have a, we have a temporary occupancy order um, for the Greeley Options Program. So that is a homeschool enrichment program that's here in Greeley. They were, were renting space from another church, and they needed more space. And we have a few families within the church who have uh, kids in the Greeley Options program. And so they are, as of this fall, they moved in and they are holding classes there. You should talk to them more about the It's Greeley so Options. exciting. Yeah. There are 450 kids already in our building a week. They run it Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And each day there's 150 kids there learning and then classes. It is so exciting. This is like a community partnership that's already being a blessing Already, this building is making an impact. It's so exciting. The other really neat thing is um, when we were disassembling the cubicles, we were able to give a really good price to RCS. RCS bought some of our cubicles, probably a dozen of them-ish. 
20-ish. And um, Kurt and I got to tour what they did with them. And they've used them in their athletic offices for some space for, for staff, but they've also creatively made these spaces that they couldn't do before um, for kids that have like some of the learning disabilities, like just a little bit of need a little bit extra space. And so these cubicles are like classrooms for these kids. And it's amazing. So that's yeah. also making an impact. Isn't yeah. that God? So super cool. Yeah, there's some cool blessings. Yeah. And another cool thing is um, once we finish the uh, kids area, um, we actually will take the options program and they will be sharing space with us. So they'll be actually be using our um, classrooms Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday mornings. We, of course, use them right now Tuesday evenings and Sunday mornings. And so what that will do is actually reopen that um, neighboring tenant space for another tenant. So we'll, we'll be renting the Greeley Options Program, and then we'll have another tenant, um, the availability for another tenant to move into that space as well. So that'll be really cool. And that was part of our plan for buying this building was like, do we need this much space? Well, let's lease it out, you know. And so it'll become a, a revenue for the church. So that's a cool thing. Um, so, yeah, that is... Um, Check, we purchased the building, we're gonna be doing renovations right now, and then um, we have the option to rent and lease and, and all that stuff. Turn it to the very back, now, one more thing we wanna just talk about. Um, there, we have a bar here that tracks our uh, giving process, so uh, uh, progress, I should say. Um, we have in reserves $339,000. Um, we had a lot more than that, but we bought the building, so that <laughs> dropped that number quite a bit. But um, our donation progress since May is $132,000. And I just want to say thank you for those of you who have given large gifts um, to, to the facility, to the building. Um, but then the remaining amount that gets us everything we want to have um, is $679,000. So uh, again, we can get in for less than that amount, but we really want to, um, this is kind of the goal that we're shooting for is, is that amount. So you can kind of see the the giving tracking there. Um, I just want to say that um, we, I, when I know some large gifts have come in, but I just want to say, as you're praying about what the Lord have you to give, I just want you to know, no one's looking over your shoulder. I'm not going to come knocking on your door and asking you what you're going to give. I actually don't even know what people give. Um, and I, I intentionally try not to look at what people give. If you tell me, I don't mind knowing. You can tell me. But um, I have other people in the church who you know, financial admins and stuff like that that track that stuff. And we, you know, I just look at the big, the, the high numbers and stuff. So just know it's between you and the Lord. Again, we're not, um, we're not building a big building for the sake of a big building. We're about building big people that light up their world with the love of Jesus. That is, that light up their families, their workplaces, their community, and our world. And we are asking for your help. Um, we're asking you to prayerfully consider next week what you can bring as uh, an ex one extravagant large gift, and then um, um, and then you could pray about also maybe giving a recurring gift to the building fund between now and the time we occupy that um, space. We're not taking um, we're not asking people to do like pledges or commitment cards or anything like that. But um, it would help us to know if you're going to plan on giving a recurring amount between now and occupying the space. If, we'll talk about this next week a little bit, but if you wouldn't mind let us, letting us know what that amount is, it helps us kind of track and, and, and know the trajectory of where giving is going to be going between now and getting in there. So we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, next week. But again, next week, it's going to be a celebratory service. We're going to celebrate the goodness of God. I want to tell some, uh, some cool supernatural stories of how we uh, found and began to occupy the facility. I'll preach a message, and then we will receive an offering.
And we'll come, again, we'll come forward and offer our gifts um, that we've decided to give. We will trust the Lord that it's going to be more than enough. Amen? Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. All right. Anything additional you want to say? Um, I just want to say it might feel like, oh, my gosh, that's such a big number. I'm stressed. I want, I want to help make a dent, but I don't know. It's okay. Just pray. We're not trying to twist your arm. We're not going to shame anybody. We're just saying, hey, go home and pray. Ask the Lord what he has on, on, um, on his heart for you to give. Because whatever you're giving, it's really not for us. It's for you're giving it as a sacrifice to the Lord. And when you sow and you plant a seed, it's really exciting to watch the harvest and watch it grow. So it is fun to have something attached to it. But God's not worried about the amount. It's just the heart. Just say, God, I'm willing. What would you like me to give? It doesn't matter. I mean, Jesus was the widow's mind. Like, she had just a little, and she gave, and that was more impressive Tell to God. Tell them about how you, you used to give to the school when you were single. Oh, well, speaking of RCS, um, in the year 2000, um, <laughs> anyone? Do you get it? Okay. If you're my age, you get it. <laughs> if you don't, it's Okay. Um, that's so good. <laughs> um, I was attending Res, and I was um, in my college years, and um, Pastor John Stalker had a vision to start a school, or actually it was already going, but they were going to build some more stuff, and he needed to raise like a million bucks or whatever. And I, like double tithe, like I would tithe my tithe, and I would just give more to that school. I didn't have a kid over there. I wasn't even thinking about the school, had nothing to do with my life. I didn't even know about Christian school. I was a public school kid, didn't even know. But I happily just chipped away at it because it was cool, I wanted to. So it's, it's, it's really awesome to me because even though I have nothing to do with that school, I love it, like I have a heart for it because I gave to it. So I yeah. feel like part of it is my story. So yeah. anyway, yeah. it's kind of yeah. cool. So no amount is too big. Certainly no amount is too big. And no amount is too small. Just do what the Lord uh, tells you to do. Amen? Yep. All right. I'm going to pray, and we'll let you guys go home. So why don't you stand to your feet? We'll get the blood movement a little bit more. Um, ministry team, if you're here, please come forward. And if you need prayer this morning for anything going on in your life, um, we would be honored and happy to pray for you. It's a little bit different of a service today, but thank you for giving us the opportunity to present the vision, the mission, the strategy of what we believe the Lord's going to do in our midst here in Greeley, Colorado. Amen? All right, Lord, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, for every person here. Thank you, God, you've led us to this very moment, Lord. I thank you for the testimonies that are coming, Lord, the life change that's coming, God, the encounters that are coming, bodies that will be healed, souls that will be saved, families that will be transformed, marriages that will be saved, Lord. We thank you for that. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next Sunday on Giving Sunday. Amen.